0: Astronomy, astrology, art, symbology, meteorology, medicine, and philosophical analysis. And despite that, these sciences were not exercised in a scientific way as known today, alchemy is the origin of modern logic.
1: Bismillah Rahman Rahim, dear listeners, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, and welcome to another episode of our weekly show. The Alchemy of Truth with your presenter Nasser Al-Khatib. It's not really weekly because sometimes I'm sick and sometimes we can't Just get don't do it. Sometimes we just don't do it. Um, but, but we keep you on your toes. Alhamdulillah. Um, and I'm glad always that we have our um, listeners uh, following us up and filling up our um, Facebook uh, fan page. Uh, with us also today is our co-host Anwar Zaid. Anwar, assalamu alaikum.
2: Wa alaikum salam. How, How are we? you
1: going? Alhamdulillah, I'm very well. Yourself?
2: Alhamdulillah, sorry everyone that we're starting a little bit late, getting a bit more Arab on you.
1: No, no, it's just three minutes late, it's fine. (laughs) Um, And we also, um, um, Amr, our third co-host, is not able to make it with us today, but he's at a much better place, he's in Medina, uh, and he is uh, carrying out his hajj. Mm. So uh, we make, uh, we we hope he's uh, doing well, inshallah. We won't make du'a for him, we'll (laughs) ask him to make du'a for us, inshallah. And uh, so today... Our uh, show, as you might have guessed, is about trolling
2: and internet usage
1: and internet usage and online bullying. So all of these issues are very important now um, for a number of reasons. I mean, for just normal reasons, I guess that you know you need to um, uh, surf the web safely, uh, interact safely. There's a lot of creeps and crazy people out there, and we are going to discuss that. But also as Muslims as well um it, it may be a bit challenging for us to um to to surf the internet while at the same time keeping with your um islamic values and i know it's difficult for me because i troll all the time mm-hmm. when i'm online and in I
2: fact when abdullah my husband realized we were doing this show he said but you and nasser are the two biggest trolls out there
1: <laughs> alhamdulillah so um yeah we do it we do it quite um safely though <laughs> Um, yes, uh, so our first guest today is uh, Dr. Maher Maghribi, is that correct?
0: Yes, Assalamu
1: salamu Alaikum How are you? Uh, is it doctor or brother? How w- would you like to be? Either or. <laughs> sheikh? Would you like Sheikh? No, just Maher is fine. Maher, okay. Uh, so, uh, Brother Maher is here. Um, uh, he um, presented a workshop last week, which is called the Fiqh of Facebook. And um, it's basically... an um, a workshop about how to deal with Facebook is not actually like uh, Ibn Taymiyyah didn't write anything about uh, Facebook uh, or anything did he? No. <laughs> okay, good. All right, yeah. So no Ibn uh, Ibn Taymiyyah um didn't do anything about Facebook. But tell us um uh, Maher, uh, you recently ran an event, I mean we which we're talking about the fuck of Facebook, which was quite a clever name to mean uh, I'm guessing how to use the internet Islamically in a responsible manner, is that right?
0: Correct. Um just I guess to clarify a little bit um if I had to choose the topic, I wouldn't have picked fiqh um, <laughs> as the topic of the, the workshop itself. Um,
2: it's a neat bit of alliteration, though. <laughs>
0: true, but fiqh has certain connotations yeah. which we we probably were not uh, certainly qualified to get into uh, at that stage. What we were trying to do was to look at um, the fiqh, really, of dealing with people uh, in real life and to to realize that that applies even more so in an online context Mm.
1: Hmm. This is something that is very interesting to us you know, some some online forums now on Facebook, and we won't mention any names um, they're quite um, common quite popular amongst Muslims, and when you go in there you'll see that you have different um, I guess um, etiquettes of, of communication, of interaction and so some of them are quite aggressive some of them are quite denigrating and insulting and some of them uh start out very respectful but then also get pulled into that um thing um so but from your angle uh brother mahar what made you feel that you uh wanted to get into or to to do a show like that or to carry out a an initiative like this
0: well i was really invited to come in and address uh, an audience and, and I guess the, the the credit for organizing it goes to um, Catalyst and Compass who saw the need for it mm. and I guess to give a bit of background on myself uh, the reason why I got involved in that was because uh, I've got a technical IT type background uh, been involved as a security consultant uh, in various uh, organizations and uh, in a consultancy role are you,
2: uh, are you talking about online con- like security
0: both on online security but also physical security yeah. so i work uh, in the real world as a security consultant uh, so i offer consultancy advice basically on uh, risk management and how how you look at situations, and that can equally well apply to the online world.
2: Okay. And what would you say are the three main dangers on the internet, or you know, the three things you should most look out for?
0: Um, I, I guess it's um, you know, th- the first thing is that there are positives and negatives to the yeah. internet. Obviously, the the internet is of a, a vast uh, sum of uh, information, and it's unfiltered in that respect so basically everyone can pu- and anyone can publish mm. any material so uh, i guess uh there are uh, negatives obviously to that um but it should always be held in balance with uh, the positives that come out of it i guess the, the the biggest negatives are for the the younger generation and for the kids in particular and uh online predators mm. um explicit imagery violence um child pornography uh cyber bullying um and then you've got things like identity theft uh viruses ma- malware spyware and uh mm. last but not least i guess is internet addiction
2: yeah
1: okay and um I mean, this is uh, very interesting because what you're talking about here is not something that's new. I mean, we may think the Internet is, is a new introduction to society, but it's been about 15 years now that people have been using the Internet. Correct. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I mean, basically since since the 80s. And before that, uh, you know, you, you did have uh, intranets. Uh, and essentially what the Internet means is it's, your computer connected to everyone else's computer in the world. So that's the level, I guess, of exposure mm. that you have. And the risks that are out there is basically anyone and everyone can access uh, your computer.
2: Yeah. Okay. Um, now, I find a really interesting topic to be Internet addiction Um, And what exactly is internet addiction, especially for young people in this day and age when we have things like iPhones and that, where you are basically on the internet all day long, even, you know, if not necessarily just browsing, you're using, trying to find when your train is coming, for example, checking your net bank, checking the weather and that kind of thing. Um, And I know quite a few people who spend an awful lot of their day online, but not necessarily just solely devoted to being online, who would struggle a lot if they did not have. In fact, I think all of us would struggle a lot without the internet. Correct.
0: And, you know, I I guess starting this talk, we we prefaced it by saying that uh, the internet is a tremendous service to, mm-hmm. to society and to everyone. And that should be kept in mind when we're discussing the negatives, because it always has to be balanced. And uh, as with the Islamic principles, when we look at a situation, you weigh the good versus the evil. Yeah, And the good certainly, in my opinion, outweighs the evil in the, in this situation. But when we talk about addiction, it's basically spending a lot of your time uh unnecessarily online not achieving anything productive
2: yeah
1: okay um uh, this is difficult for me to hear <laughs> because I've been on the internet I think non-stop since 2001 <laughs> and so um the, the few times that there's no internet or that my phone doesn't get reception I feel very fidgety I guess yes um so and the thing is i mean something i'm noticing as well is that before internet was so prevalent in our lives i would read much more books than i would now yes while now i I find myself i'm reading a lot of articles but not so many books and it's just it it provides such a different awareness of knowledge where before like knowledge in a book if you read a book about some uh, history or a field or whatever it is then you really go into that uh, field and and you y- you access like comprehensive information. While now when you're reading an article, first it's got its own ideology, and second, uh, I mean, it's own agenda. And second, it really just shows you only one dimension.
0: Yes, so, yeah, and that's a, certainly a a danger, I guess, of uh, using or relying solely on the internet to try and become an expert in an area. Uh, and uh, i guess the the, inter- the internet is moving towards more of a an entertainment uh type of a role within our lives and if we look at statistics and this was interestingly released by facebook themselves uh they released a statistic saying that uh, out of every 5 times that someone accesses the internet one in 5 is to look at a facebook page well, wow. so that is twenty percent of people's time being spent on the internet is on Facebook. So yeah, that's to
2: be honest, mine's closer to fifty. I would say <laughs> at least because it goes up and yeah. up as assignments are due for uni as well. Yeah, <laughs>
0: and, and and I guess knowledge is being delivered in shorter and shorter uh, doses, and to to an extent where you know you can basically be looking at tweets, mm. and mm. that is the extent of what you might know about a subject is is a single tweet coming out.
1: But that's that's the, again another very interesting thing is that information now is not um, conveyed in large texts. I mean, I see in, in Twitter because um, I'm also quite connected. Like, sorry, I don't. I want don't to know. Like I disagree
2: douche. with the Twitter thing because I don't know, I use it personally to get links. That's what I really love Twitter for. Is that I read a whole lot of stuff that I would never read or never access otherwise. Yes. Because people will write a one sentence line and have a link to a very long, you know, yep. article. So I don't really get that experience so much from Twitter, or at least that's not what I value from it, I would say. With Do you disagree, th- Nassar?
1: Yeah, yeah, with Twitter, I think um, it, it's a much dif- much more different experience of navigation and accessing information and connecting with people than with Facebook, because with, with Facebook, you don't have the element of time as, as a uh, important factor. In Twitter, if you have, for example, if you're following two, 300 people, and this is on average, I mean, some people pay, uh, follow up to 8,000 people, but if you put follow that many people, that means that you have to be connected every five minutes because every five minutes you're going to have twenty or thirty new tweets. You don't have and to be NASA. You so. don't. No, no, you don't have to be, of course. But if you want to stay connected with the different people, and this again uh, depends on who you follow. Mm. So if you're very um, choosy about who you follow, if you select selectively choose. The person who is a, a human rights activist in in Palestine, and the person who uh, works in um, the I don't know the, the U.S. government, for example, and the other person who is um, I mean they have for example, uh, the Taliban have a Twitter account. Really. And sometimes you I would have I would follow two Twitter accounts of a person who's a is um, an Afghan um, uh, journalist and. Uh, a, a Taliban person and they'd both be f- uh, describing the same attack as it's happening over six hours. So this person would say I'm hiding bullets are flying over my head and the other person saying we're fighting the kuffar we're shooting at them. Well, wow. And it's it's very intense because it's live and so it has that element as well. I mean yeah. uh, the most um, uh, telling or most uh, indicative um, event was uh, the Arab Spring because you had like I yeah. think half a million in, a, in a, like a few hours tweets just people you know, um, live—what uh, do you call it? Live tweeting. covering or live tweeting something that's, you know, the most amazing thing in the in the last ten years. And so, Twitter is important in that. Mm. Um, let me ask you, uh, Brother Maher: uh, Do you think there are benefits for young Muslims being so connected to the internet? For example, popular sites like SunniPath or Qibla.com provide comprehensive and even trustworthy answers to questions that Muslims may be too embarrassed to talk to or answer in person, such as personal or sexual issues, etc. Do you think the negative as outweighs w- the positive in this case, or um, is it responsible for leading us to fitna? By the way, I'm against these websites, but anyways, please go ahead
0: look i think certainly uh having access to information is always a good thing and um, as muslims i think we have to make informed decisions about everything and we don't uh have an approach to faith which is uh prescriptive in the sense that someone can tell you or i that we have to act in a certain way or do a certain thing it's we're responsible before allah for every single action that mm. we do uh so from from that perspective i think uh, certainly, information and uh, answers and so on that are available are beneficial, but at the same time they have to be um, tempered by an approach to how you extract truth mm. and how you extract correct information. so without having a basis in the basics of Islam, if you start to read into opinions and start to start to look at Uh, online fatwa to justify your desires or your whims or your actions that that's uh, because at the end of the day by adopting that approach you can find evidence somewhere to back any opinion that you I was decide just to hold say,
2: that's a really hard thing i find sometimes when you look things up online there are so many options that sometimes you really feel like that's what you're doing even if you know you can't help it you the one you're attracted to is the one you feel like should be right correct exactly um so yeah i find that
1: but again i mean this can work in two different ways the first way of course is finding the easy way out but also another problem is you have a lot of people and this i've seen uh again in certain forums that you have people who have like, shockingly extreme, excessively violent views. And when you ask them, you know, oh, sorry, when, when they're talking about, like, for example, um, you know, when, when the movie that insulted the Prophet, they're talking about um, the answer to these people is the edge of the sword. And you ask them, where, where would you bring something like that from? And they say, oh, this and that. Which I'm sure they got either from Google or from a Google-like sheikh. Because, yeah. unfortunately, there are people who whose knowledge is very similar to Google that it's it's extremely topical it's extremely shallow and it doesn't actually give the heart or the core of what we're talking about um, so it, it po- poses a, a danger um, on both of these sides but um, again it is quite um, beneficial I mean qibla.com for example provides and this is uh, something I was talking to a friend about uh, that he did a course with qibla.com. Um, If he does a course with them and they give him a certificate but they're extremely strict on the certificate giving because if they if he gets all the certificates and he finishes a four-year course he can have an ijazah yeah. for a certain field so they are not um as i guess open and and flexible as people may think
0: yes hmm.
2: that's really interesting Um, Now, some young Muslims debate passionately online about Islamic issues, um, and some people see this as a positive because, as the theory goes, everyone can come to see each other's position and develop and grow in their own understanding, whereas others see it as a negative because they see it as an indication of a deep fitna within the community. How do you feel about this?
0: Look, I I think as long as the debate uh, is from informed sources and (laughs) And uh, as long as it's set into context and we know where the basics are and where the foundations are and this is what you know scholarship in Islam is about is about knowing uh, the usul or the basics and the principles of Islam and then looking at evidence from that perspective Uh, we can't open Sahih al-Bukhari or Sahih al-Muslim read one hadith or you know, five, six a hadith on a matter and then make a decision and call that a legal opinion. Yeah, That's uh, completely contrary to what the Quran and what the Prophet ﷺ came to explain with the final message to humanity and the universalism of Islam is that there are universals within Islam that have to be kept within the context of that decision making. So for example, a concept like justice. Mm. Islam can never be unjust. In in so any fatwa that anyone gives that is unjust cannot be Islamic no matter what evidence they bring from the Quran and the Hadith.
1: Okay. Um moving on to um I guess policing children's uh, use of the internet. Um you know some of our listeners may have uh kids um so do you think parents should police their children's internet use? Um, how should it be done? Like, is it through net filters? Is it through? I mean, because I know that, uh, for example, some uh, non-Muslim families, the, the way they do it is they have one computer and one phone. It's the middle of the house, so if you use the phone or the internet for whatever it is, the whole family can see you. So yeah, that's what we had. Yeah, and net nanny. And, and net nanny. Yeah. Look, you know I
0: mean? uh, and that that's a, a definitely an approach that can be taken, and uh, it does have a lot of benefits. But at the same time, you have to realize that now. Every single device, uh, from a phone to a tablet to laptops to com- uh, the actual desktop computer, is a pathway to the internet. So, how are you going to police all of that? Mm-hmm. Uh, there are um, there are obviously certain risks to children. Uh, the, the three C's, as they're known inappropriate contact, inappropriate content, and inappropriate conduct. And the best approach to dealing with it is to talk to your children about their experience on the internet, about what they're doing on the internet, and to make them aware that they might come across these risk elements. And Mm. them knowing how to respond to these risk elements is critical to that whole experience of using the internet where, for example, a child doesn't feel that it's their fault that inappropriate uh, pictures popped up on the screen when they did nothing wrong Mm -hmm. when they were just visiting a gaming website and something happened so the question really from the parents point of view is how do you help them deal with that situation as opposed to getting angry at them or uh, trying to say that it was their fault many many a time children will not admit to their parents what happened because they're scared because they think that they might be at fault somehow so for example if there's an online predator and these are quite prevalent these days, people pretending to be children, befriending uh, young children and then trying to set up a meeting with them. Uh, if that goes on for a while, the child starts to feel very, very insecure and they feel that somehow it's their fault.
1: Mm.
0: Mm. So yeah. I, I, I think parents being able to talk your children about their experience is more important than trying to set up a police state at home Um, and then obviously beyond that you can take measures like you can set up safe profiles for them you can even filter websites you can even get to a point where you've basically decided that these gaming websites these um, information web, web websites are the most appropriate ones And there are many uh, research forums where these are put up, uh, safe kids and and, and others, where uh, secure browsing is important not just to Muslims but to many parents. So this information is available so you can basically decide these are the useful, beneficial websites that you feel safe with, your kids feel safe with, so you can set those up to be Mm. the only Mm. websites that your kids can access from any home computer.
1: That's great. Thank you very much. Yeah, it does
2: seem like a really... thinking about a friend the other day who was telling me about a little sister she has um, who is 12 years old and they had set up the internet to bar any sites they thought was inappropriate and that kind of thing. And this um, little girl, her parents were really, really horrified to find out had been cutting herself. Um, A 12-year-old girl. Um, And when they looked at her online records, they found out that there's this weird subculture now on the internet of young girls setting up sites which are kind of like suicide glorification sites where they're all post themselves cutting their wrists and that kind of thing and yep. really intense stuff talking about previous suicide attempts and that kind of thing and when she told me about this i was totally shocked because i had no idea that anything like that existed on mm. the internet at all and obviously neither did they for the fact that they'd never thought to block
1: it
0: yeah
2: yep. so i think that's,
1: that's quite uh i don't know <laughs> quite scary it's i mean horrible, uh, we're going to have it? we're going to bring our kids into something that that just exists, like that, and maybe yeah. even worse. Anyways, uh, we're going to take a little break now. Um, we're going to uh, play a nasheed by Shari Rashid al in in English and I mean Arabic and Russian. It's a very nice nasheed. I hope you like it, inshallah And we'll be back afterwards. Okay. that was uh, Mishari Rashid Lafasi with Khutmat Qadirov is the little girl that's singing with him. Russian, uh, I think, uh, no, Chechen and uh, Arabic. Yeah. And I've posted the um, YouTube video on the group as well, if you'd like to listen to it. Where did you find that? Um, I like uh, Mishari, so I always follow up his stuff. But it's quite um, quite upsetting because uh, the person who appears continuously in the Nasheed is the prime minister, current Prime Minister of uh, Chechnya. Who's uh, quite a nutcase. He's like he kills Muslims wholesale and very bad guy. I don't know why he's appearing with him. Anyways, um, so now um, we move on to our next guest, uh, Leone Smith. And uh, Leone is a social media analyst. Uh, she's a mother of four and uh, she calls herself the cyber safety lady. Her website is actually thecybersafetylady.com.au and she writes uh, articles about safety and internet safety for um, her website and other publications. Uh, She facilitates talks with families, parents, educators and public forums on the importance of cyber safety for families. Uh, So we're just going to, this is a pre-recorded interview with her um, on Skype which we're going to play now. Leonie, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background and your studies?
3: Sure. Um, I've been involved in online communities and support groups for over 15 years and it started uh, way back in about 1996 when my older son was born prematurely. He was nine weeks early mm-hmm. and he ended up having some health issues um, and at the time, there weren't any support groups for parents that had um, premature babies. So I went looking online and found one in the States and I got very involved with that. And then my son was diagnosed with a hearing loss. Okay. And I went looking again online for a support group. He was enrolled in the Shepherd Centre and, um, you know, early intervention programs and stuff. But I wondered if there was something online. And there wasn't. So um, along with um, another parent who I'd, I'd met through the Shepherd Centre, we set up a website called Aussie Deaf Kids mm-hmm. and a support group um, on Yahoo. It's Yahoo at the time okay. um, for parents time. with um, children with all kinds of hearing loss. And it grew and grew and grew and grew. It's still going now still has the same name and it's the largest support group for parents with kids of hearing loss online and I realized through those experiences how um, developing a community online was so valuable I also learned about um, people that were on forums that argued about certain points of view mm-hmm um you had people on the the forums that that we put together that were profoundly deaf and had families that were profoundly deaf who preferred to sign rather than learn how to speak and that was a very cultural very strong cultural um issue for them and we had to kind of moderate and sort those sort of things out so from very early days on the internet when these sort of forums and support groups started I got involved and that led to um, my education about the internet I guess and using computers. My family at the time got a computer and I had—I have two step children and I had to moderate their um, experience on mm-hmm. computers and the internet too around about the same time, they yep. were teenagers at the time. And I was, um, I've been a jazz singer for 20 years and I used the internet to market my music much earlier than most people did. So I got involved on a musical side of things and that evolved into me having um, a a virtual show, like a radio show online because I had been working as a um, volunteer radio host. So that's kind of the long Story of how I got involved in it. When my um, youngest son started attending school, I had a bit more time and I thought, well, what am I going to do with my time? And the live music scene was really starting to die off a lot. The sort of um, gigs that I was getting were far and few between, or few and far between. Um, And I had learnt a lot about the internet. And um, when my oldest son was in high school, a few of the mums there said, They were having problems with their kids being on facebook and i'd been on facebook and social media since before it was even called that so since 2006 2007 and i started sort of trying to help them and then someone said why don't you give a talk and i thought could i give a talk i suppose (laughs) So, so i did and it just led to more and more talks and i started building this blog to give parents particularly advice about Um, The different social networks and uh, what kids were doing on them and the sort of things that I'd learnt to help my children, four of them, to deal with um, the internet and gaming and uh, time limits on computers and supervision and all those sort of things. And I realised I'd actually, over the 15 years, acquired a great deal of information that not many um, parents my age, because I'm 50 now, had because I've been on it for so long, and most people my age haven't.
1: Hmm. Actually, um, this is a very interesting point you bring up, Leone. Is th- the internet and, and social interaction and chat programs? I mean, I remember in ninety uh, five or ninety six uh, there was uh, ICQ and MIRC, and it just kept evolving over different, uh, you know, programs and websites. Why is it that trolling has now, all of a sudden, like over? The, I think for the last um, maybe year or two, it's suddenly Come to public attention, people are actually, uh, you know, started um, suffering seriously from it. Has it always been an issue, or is it just that the media just caught on to it now?
3: The first thing I'd like to say is that the term trolling and the term cyberbullying are quite different. Trolling okay. has been around uh, for probably a lot a lot longer than what we know cyberbullying is, even back to my early days on on forums. And what trolling initially meant, it was taken from Dungeons & Dragons, basically, Mm. was somebody that, when a a conversation or a thread was going, would jump in with a completely opposing viewpoint that seemed to be completely disparate from what was going on. And that person would then be called a troll. People would start to suspect that person really didn't believe what they were saying, Mm. but they they were... uh, offering an opposing view just to get a rise out of people, but I mean, you can never really tell with that that goes on, and that's been going on long, far longer than even than, than I've been on the internet, way mm-hmm. back. Yeah. Um, and it's a common behaviour that happened in chat groups and forums. Well before we even had social media, um, what's been happening that we all hear about in the news, and in a lot of cases, is actually cyber bullying, which is quite different. And some people don't like the word "cyber" in front of it; they just call it simply bullying. Mm. Um, the difference between tr- what is was traditionally called trolling, which most people that have been on the internet longer than ten years know it as, is that it's it, they don't call it's not threatening. So they might be annoying. Mm. They keep putting in annoying um, comments and all that sort of stuff, but they don't physically or, or um, virtually threaten anyone. There's no death threats, and it's not a huge pylon of people all doing it. It's a completely different term. But mainstream media have got onto the term troll, and now they're throwing it all about. And what you'll, you'll find if you watch the SBS program last week Week, which was insight, yep. is that there's a lot of confusion around that term with the older people that have been on the internet for a long time saying, hang on a minute, you've got it all wrong. That's not trolling. Trolling is actually kind of, it can be annoying, but it also can be quite challenging and important to have, you know, people on there that challenge your view cyberbullying is in, is entirely different and the reason that it's also prevalent now is because of the amount of people that are online using forums, having blogs and dealing with, with bullying in comments and social media and a lot of those people that are dealing with it have jumped into it without understanding how much visibility they have on the internet so mm. what i'm finding when i'm talking to kids about this is none of them really want to have a totally public profile but they they don't have the skills or understand how to protect themselves
1: okay all right and
3: behavior leads to people that don't know them or even people that do know them from bullying them on online mm. and i think as been pointed out by a lot of people being able to bully someone online behind a keyboard at with an with anonymously or even not anonymously is so easy. It's so easy to walk away from that and just not be responsible for what you've said or, or um, have shown any empathy for the person that you're bullying.
1: Yeah. Um, and I mean, we've been reading um, quite a lot about different people. Um, I don't remember the name of the lady, but uh, she was a think a news presenter or something, and apparently because of continuous bullying on Twitter, she um, tried to take her own life, which was um, quite shocking. Uh, and so, I mean, I would think that um, stopping trolls or stopping online bullying is as simple as blocking whoever um, you know uh, tries to attack you or denigrate you or threaten you in a certain way. But I guess it, it may not be as simple as that, or is it? I mean, if you're being bullied online, um, how would you deal with it?
3: Well, it depends on the person who's doing it. Mm. I have had, um, I have been not involved, but I'm a very, very closely aware of some people that have been cyber stalked. Mm. So, stalking and bullying can be very, very similar. Um, it's when somebody just keeps popping up wherever you go. You block them here, you block them there, and they just keep popping up. And trying to stop someone from getting at you if they seriously want to get at you is almost impossible, particularly when most of our of the platforms we're using are um, based in the United States. Hmm. So that means, like we, we've seen with Twitter, and Charlotte Dawson was the lady you were talking with, no, the went to Twitter and said... Um, you know, we want these people traced, Um, it's very difficult because you have to uh, firstly go through the the US courts and apply through them to get to Twitter or Facebook and that takes time to do it. Um, And it puts people off from from taking legal action or um, any sort of, you know, criminal action against these people. The best thing that you can do, obviously, is approach um, the platforms like you know, Google or Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn or wherever it's happening or YouTube even and uh, report whoever's doing it to you. But having said that, very, very easy for these people if they're serial um, bullies to create new accounts and still get at you. And that happens. In fact, it happened to my son. He was being cyber bullied by um, a kid who was three years younger than him in the States. And we had to block this kid from YouTube, from Skype, from email.
1: So it's very um, different. It keeps evolving. And I guess with the new evolution of social media, there comes the challenges as well. Um, I think
3: there's got to be some um, accountability. I definitely do think there's got to be some accountability. Um, but I also think there's an educational process that people that use these the social media sites um have to go through and learn as well about how to handle it so when you said yes blocking is simple initially that's going to work best for somebody that that attacks you randomly online is to block them um but in some cases and with some of these victims they have tried all that and still they are pursued by people
1: wow okay that must be very nightmarish i mean having somebody who piles anger and hatred uh, online at you wherever you go must be quite uh Stressful.
3: Oh, I think it is. It's a bit, you know, it, it is like the old-fashioned stalker type situation where somebody's following you around and invading your space, and you 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 never know where they're going to show up next.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's, um, yeah I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm quite fortunate that I haven't had something like that happen to me. Leonie, there's another thing that uh, is quite interesting as well, that bullies in like high school, for example, I've, I've gone through some bullying when I was you know, younger in high school, and bullies are generally kids who are bigger than you and they like to push you around. But from what I've read about bullies, they seem to be more reclusive or socially awkward uh, and would never actually the vicious stuff say the vicious stuff they uh, do usually online. So what do you I think th- it uh, makes it easier for the troll to say these things rather than in reality?
3: I think there is a perception that it's revenge of the nerds mm. that it's okay. kids it, and I you know obviously there's there's probably, there's not enough research around to say that this is true of every person but in general when you read um, research that's done on it 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 tends to be people that or um, that obviously have some some issues, and many of them are psychological issues that, they, that they're carrying around with them. Um, and in a lot of cases, it might be, you know, somebody who was bullied themselves at school, who was perceived as being um, more, um, a much shyer sort of person, maybe um, somebody who um, was quite bright, but spent a lot of the time on the computers and the internet because it was a safe haven for them.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: by being... Um, relatively anonymous as some of them are they can get away with it having said that though um, there are plenty of people that bully other people online as they do in real life who have no qualms about who they really are Mm. in real life there's a disconnect there Um, it's a bit like I I, um, compare it to a bit like driving in a car that's real life they are talking about and you might find that people behave incredibly badly when they're driving and they would never behave as badly as that if they met that person at a dinner party or in some other situation but being behind the wheel of a car and being able to speed away quickly and just having that that slight distance between people i think makes people think they're a lot safer and and they get their frustrations out don't they
1: mm mm-hmm. that's very true that's very true
3: you know i'm um- I call my husband Mr. Wheelie, I don't know if you remember that cartoon, but <laughs> he gets behind the car of a wheel, <laughs> the wheel of a car, everybody else is an idiot on the road except for him. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my God, and I think a lot of people are like that, they mm. get their frustrations, they take their frustrations out in a way where they feel they can get away with it, and I think it's probably the same for a lot of people online.
1: Um, just, um, I mean, this is a thought that's come to me. Um, If you remember a couple of years ago, there was the Columbine High School Massacre. And it's about a a bunch of kids who were bullied, who were quite angry and found a lot of strength in, um, you know, the music they were listening to or the ideas that they had. And at the end of the day, they took that strength into a new level and um, they, um, you know, they killed a lot of people. So is trolling something like that as well, that instead of using guns, you're using hatred and, and vitriol online?
3: Yeah, don't forget, though, what I said previously about trolling. Trolling is is oh, quite different it's from online bullying. Somebody, My apologies. Yeah, threatening, making death threats, and yes. really pushing you to do um, self to self harm, and and that's been happening a lot. Where somebody will go online and and say, I you know this is this is the end. I want to end it all. And there's a whole heap of people that say, do it, do it, do it, jump, 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 yeah. kind of thing,
0: yeah.
3: um, without considering the repercussions of doing that and even if that person does it they can somehow divorce themselves from it and it's almost like watching a television show for them um but i think you know bullying is insidious and it starts from a very early age and if parents and teachers and community leaders don't call that bullying out and try to change the culture it's going to continue online and offline and um it's really quite tragic and it it has that's not, nothing new there's nothing new in that when we were all, we we're still hearing stories about um you know various schools that where kids are now suing their schools for when they were bullied 20 years ago mm. or 30 years ago so yeah. that's been going on but i think the ease of being able to do that online and not have immediate consequences is probably um One of the reasons why it's Hmm. getting a lot more attention and why it's happening more because um, anybody can go online, make a YouTube video of themselves holding up cards saying that they're being bullied and they're unhappy as did um, a girl in Canada within the last two weeks.
1: Yes, yes, I remember.
3: I can't remember her name now, but she was holding up these cards saying how unhappy she was and she'd been bullied from one school to the next and she ended up hanging herself.
1: Ah, yes, yes, I remember. And then I think uh, Anonymous outed the person who's been um, uh, harassing her online. Yeah, Yeah.
3: they think that there's a link there that the Mm. police are after that. That was a, a... terribly tragic case where um the girl was only uh 14 and she was chatting with an adult online who convinced her to expose herself mm. online and then he used that photo of her to blackmail her um and that's just absolutely tragic
1: yeah no it's uh it, it can end up very very negatively um for a lot of people and i hope that um you know w- with the new technologies as well that uh, we're also able to provide the training to be able to deal with these technologies uh, safely leone thank you very much for your time i know that uh, you're quite a busy person but uh, so i really appreciate coming out on uh, twitter and and uh, giving us um your time so thank you very much
3: thank you nessa
1: and that was leone smith
2: with, with an abrupt ending
1: okay. wow wow so clever so clever I well know, done i know anyways that was uh, Leonie Smith the Cyber Safety Lady uh, for more information she's got actually a very nicely done website wow <laughs> yes isn't it um, it's called thecybersafetylady.com.au or just google her actually if you google Leonie Smith you'll come up with her um, jazz website which is leoniesmith.com but you know stick in their google page and, you'll and
2: find that's her. who we'll be interviewing next week
1: um, yeah maybe yeah. If, we, if we go into jazz probably not Um, So back to you, uh, Brother Maher, Uh, tell us um, what are the future plans for uh, Catalyst? Are you planning to have more workshops?
0: Catalyst is a training organization looking to run a whole variety of uh, workshops and training programs. The online uh, safety one was just one of many. Uh, They do uh, a lot of uh, leadership training programs. Uh, Also, I think come December, uh, there is uh, going to be a train-the-trainers course in Dao and Dialogue that Catalyst might get in, involved in.
1: The one with uh, Nuruddin Lim? Correct. He's coming back? He's coming back. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, um, me too. What he's else? amazing. You should actually um, hear his uh, the podcast we had with him. All right. When he came, he's like an amazing person, Mashallah. That'd be great, bro. Yeah,
0: so uh, as part of that, what we are also doing is we're, we're organizing an online uh, course, uh coming as an offshoot of the train the trenders program mm. so that's basically what's in store and catalyst will be heavily involved and i believe uh you've got the email address for catalyst yes, yes that, uh, i do so for any information people, uh,
1: you can email info at catalyst that's with a k k-a-t-a-l-y-s-t dot org dot a u or you can look them up catalyst with a k on facebook as well and
2: guess, we will put a link on our facebook page yes as well. it's
1: uh, i mean you have a website catalyst dot com dot don't you
2: you can only assume so yes yes we will say yes. <laughs> we'll figure one out
1: until proven wrong we will say yes um so now unfortunately we come to the end of our show um we would like to thank wholeheartedly uh our guest uh dr maher uh, maghribi for coming and for being like we he, i think he stood outside the radio session for a full 5 minutes before we let him in so thank Patiently you very much yeah. Yes, and in Fairfield, which yeah.
2: is... N- not being an stabbed. ...an interesting experience, okay? yes. And people benefits? don't get stabbed <laughs> in Fairfield. Oh, sorry, Bankstown.
1: Bankstown, Bankstown. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so thank you very much for your time, for coming here. You're most welcome. <laughs> to and and, sa- and ma- in, in, in honesty, thank you for what you're doing, because this is something that a lot of Muslims uh, are not... Actually, even the general populace is not really paying as much attention as they should to it. And, yes. and you know, the fact that you're bringing it out there and focusing on important family values like communication and trust between the parents and the kids is, is very important. So Allah khairan. And to Catalyst with a K, thank you very much. I uh, would also like to thank um, our other guest, uh, Leonie Smith, the cyber safety lady for making the time to speak to us. I know she's very busy uh, and I think um, like her kid fell and was crying and she left the kid and came to do the uh, interview with us so um, I'd like to thank I you. I feel
2: like that's one of those things she might not want to have announced <laughs> on live radio.
1: No, I'm, I'm sure that yeah. her husband took care of him Thanks something. Leonie. Yeah, no, no, no <laughs> kids were harmed in the making of this uh, <laughs> program. Uh, so thank you again. Um, thank you to our co-host uh, Anna Rose for coming and for coming up with questions and everything. No worries. And finally from uh, your presenter Nasser Khatib um, I bid you good night. I hope you have a lovely weekend, inshallah and we'll see you next week on the Alchemy of uh, Truth. I just realised now that I have to play the uh, exit music, so I've got to find the file. Feeling
2: time. Yes, feeling I know, I know. time. <laughs> We're a professional <laughs> it's operation. <coming>. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, Sana Rez, what
1: are you what are you doing next week?
2: Now find the show. you hysterical. I'm for I'm, man. For it, I'm not telling these weird people on the radio. What I'm doing. Those we just learn reasons. a lot about privacy.
1: Yes, that's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So, anyways, JazakAllah uh, Khairan, and this is Nasr al Khatib from the Alchemy of Truth. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.